Today I have uh, Demetrius Lopez, uh, Department of Neurological Surgery at Rush University Medical Center in Chicago. Uh, Demetrius uh, is a corresponding author on an Editor's Choice article that is published in the July issue of JNIS. Um, the article is entitled Arterial Venous Malformation Embo Cure Score. Demetrius, congratulations you know, on, on this excellent work. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the, the rationale for performing the study and the design and maybe summarize some of the results for me? Rob, it's a great pleasure to talk to you today about this. And uh, this is, uh, as you can imagine, uh, it's a work that um, tried to capture uh, um, the uh, uh, perhaps something that was missing, you know, between the um, all the different schemes we have to predict uh, the treatment of uh, uh, AVMs using microsurgical or radiosurgical techniques, uh, we felt that uh, we had a significant challenge to have the same type of assessment of uh, risk and uh, uh, predictability of success of the end of endovascular treatment. So the spirit of this uh, study was to look into, uh, retrospectively, about 39 patients that we had uh, an intention to cure uh, the AVM with embolization. And um, we decided to then uh, try to look into different predictors that uh, allow us to um, identify a, a high chance that you have successful occlusion of the AVM, complete occlusion of the AVM, and as well, uh, we also looked into uh, the relationship between those factors and uh, the chance for uh, morbidity and complications. The, um, the main uh, factors that we identified were uh, the number of arterial particles, the number of draining veins, the nidal size, and a new term that uh, we could not find, I think the best way to describe this was something called vascular eloquence. So these factors were the ones that we identified that uh, had the biggest, uh, the most relevant and significant characteristics that influenced the ability to complete embolize an AVM and also the chance of morbidity. And I'll give you an example. We found that the, if you have the AVMS, it was extremely uh, effective in, pre in predicting a complete embolization morbidity, and we tested that uh, in different ways. But uh, the most specific thing is, if just to give an example, if you, if you have a low AVMS score, like AVMS score of three, uh, there was 100% complete embolization of cases and 0% of uh, major complications. So it's a particular group that you feel this is like a, we can offer to this patient uh, embocure, in this case using Onyx, and um, the chance of complications are, you know, extremely uh, low, in this case zero. But if your AVM score was like a four, you had a 75% chance of complete occlusion and an 8% major complication rate. But this is kind of in the middle of the road, and the, the worst group would be the AVMS-5, which you have a 78% chance of complete occlusion, but that carries an 11% complication rate. And um, I think the issue with this is that uh, is if, you, if you think about uh, uh, a group that even higher than 5, you have then 20% chance to complete occlusion and 30% major complication. This is extremely helpful to us because if you know this up front, I think we can make better choices on not offering uh, as a standalone embolization. 
And, and Rob, as you know, I, I, we hope that this work will, in the time post Aruba, will help us to start to give you a little bit more thought about uh, what is reasonable to offer to a patient and uh, what to expect from the endovascular technique as they stand alone. Yeah, no, that's, that's extremely important. I mean, it sounds like it's a great guide for uh, strategy uh, planning uh, for individual patients. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, one of the scoring variables was uh, vascular eloquence. Can you uh, expand upon that a little bit and what do you mean by that? Um, yeah, of course. We thought it was a unique um, uh, feature of this um, scoring system because we identified that um, uh, the best way to describe that uh, a patient, uh, if you are catheterizing a particular blood vessel, there was a difference between the risk of catheterization and embolization of different vessels. And I guess the best way to to explain this is maybe to give you an example. If you were to have, for example, a cortical vessel that is catheterized to in the route to the to an AVM versus a lenticular striate branch. Um, if you have reflux or you embolize um, outside of the AVM, the abnormal area, depending where the source, where the access was, there was a difference on the outcome. So if you were in vessels that we call um, eloquent vessels or vascular eloquence uh, factor, those vessels, the uh, effect of the uh, embolization reflux or uh, embolization to normal territories would be catastrophic. You know, uh, uh, a lenticular striate reflux into M1 is um, a very devastating uh, complication compared to perhaps a vessel that allows you to have more reflux or its vascular territory is more focal. And uh, so I think that uh, it is a concept that. Um, perhaps needs to mature more, but uh, it's not considering the traditional spatula and margin uh, eloquence for cortical or, or brain eloquence. We're talking now about really uh, a pedicle um, eloquence because of uh, that relevance to our treatment, basically. So that's the differential to what everyone is, is used to from the spatula and margin, and I, I hope this is something that we can uh, develop further as uh, this scale becomes uh, more used. And, uh, uh, but I, 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 I hope the examples I gave you, they illustrate the importance of separate different types of particles because they will have different relevance if a complication were to happen during that embolization. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, do you think that there is a possible, I know, you, you know, any type of scoring system, you want it to be inclusive, but also simple to use. Um, I'm just wondering if, if there are other morphological factors that might be important, like, um, you know, wh- whether the nidus is diffuse or compact, or I, I guess the um, passage feeding vessels would kind of tie into uh, vascular eloquence, um, probably. Yeah. No, I I believe uh, that uh, this is, uh, you know, something that uh, we discussed a bit. Uh, There were some uh, letters uh, already regarding this article, and our response to that was uh, mainly that uh, if the fistulous, the presence of fistulous component could uh, cause early embolization to the veins and uh, potentially increase the risk of embolization, 
uh, were not able to identify that as a particular risk factor as well as uh, other risk factors, the, um, uh, specifically in relation to uh, the NIDOS, like you described, uh, being diffused, or which, you know, we would think um, that intuitively this could represent a more challenging case. But I, I think that, um, you know, maybe the bias here is that uh, on the choice of the cases that we did for embolization, for Embocure, perhaps there was a natural selection of the AVMs that uh, we thought we could offer for Embocure at that time. So that's really the only issue that I can say that could have affected us not being able to capture um, in a meaningful way other risk factors. So the the one, all the AVMs that we looked and felt that we could go for an Embocure, we then analyzed them and then identify you know, it looks like you're filtering this, and there may be an initial selection that was done that we just already up front felt, well, this is so diffuse, I cannot go after this, so we would not offer treatment to this patient to begin with. So my assumption, though, is that um, most uh, uh, operators would not have offered treatment. These are all AVMs that we thought we could offer an Ambicure, and then from there on, we learned that uh, maybe we were wrong in our assessment in some of them, or we, um, we I guarantee to you, Rob, that I didn't know up front going to this what would be exactly my risk for each one of them. You have this general idea of what would be your complication. I think that for me, uh, looking into different components probably could be a further refinement of this with the risk of making more complex this scale. You know? So I think that... Uh, so I don't uh, exclude that we may have to consider other factors as the population as we get more uh, cases added to this, but I think at this point uh, we could not identify that as a significant risk. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Some of those um, factors might uh, be sort of self-evident, right? Is what That's you're right. Saying. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I, I understand that. Now, now, all the patients in your study uh, were treated using Onyx. And do you think that this uh, scoring system has any uh, applicability to practitioners that may be uh, u using more NBCA? I think that um, it, it does carry uh, the endovascular components of, uh, so if um, uh, the technique uh, being endovascular, perhaps the type of liquid embolic between, uh, you know, the fill, squid, um, NBCA, onyx, um, we have a large group of uh, uh, these embolic materials that uh, will be probably uh, behave very similar to onyx, uh, such as fuel and squid. I think NBCA does, um, you know, historically we have not uh, offered uh, curative treatments in, in few sessions using NBCA just because it characteristics of the material. So I'm not so sure. I think we could potentially apply. I'm, I'm not 100% that uh, the, um, the goal, though, of those treatments uh, would be uh, necessarily uh, feasible to achieve that type of um, result, a little bit because of just how the material behaves. So I, I, I would have to say that I don't have experience using NBC and applying to this scale. I would like to challenge, though, that uh, we were looking for endovascular components of technique or how we do the procedure, um, and we didn't necessarily, uh, we are not powerful enough in the study to say anything about different materials being used for this. 
Um, and as well as Rob, I, as you know, there's a tre tremendous change in how embolization is being done with the new um, dual lumen balloons, as well as uh, multiple accesses from arterial and venous and so forth. So all these things, I'm not so sure how they're going to affect the scale, but uh, I think that uh, uh, we have to apply this to the reality that perhaps was used. I think I can uh, guarantee more the reproducibility of that using the technique that we used. All, everything beyond that, we may have to adapt to that as we move along. Well, that makes sense. Um, where, where do you see the next steps in sort of validating the scoring system? I mean, I mean here this is a certainly an invitation to everyone that would like to, to work with us in this project. It is a prospective application of this in a multi-center um, application would make a, a total sense for me as the next step. We definitely need to see this in the hands of multiple operators and looking now just really upfront if we can um, reproduce the results. And, and uh, I hope though that uh, with this uh, folks would make a a decision, uh, you know, the, the bias that I would have here is that uh, it has changed our practice. You know, we, we would not offer the AVMS of more than five. I think it became obvious to us that this may be a treatment that um, carries a significant risk. So I think that uh, that will be the only challenge of trying to move forward on this with uh, the higher scales. But uh, I think for the lower uh, levels, uh, we would have to you know, I, I have no problems doing that. But if uh, we were to do a more, um, my next step would be hopefully to hear from other centers as well as in a prospective uh, way applying this uh, grading system. Um, Demetrius, um, I really, really appreciate you uh, taking time to talk to me today. This is uh, very exciting work and I congratulate you on it. Uh, thank you so much, and I really appreciate um, the ability to, to discuss further this with you, and I'm looking forward to uh, continue contributing to the journal, and uh, um, excellent work. Thank you so much. <music>